there's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CAPITAL200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CAPITAL200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Custom Inc. can help you recognize employees, show customer appreciation, and outfit your teams with your favorite products and brands customized with your logo. At custominc.com, you can easily make your mark on all sorts of products, including water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and so much more. Make Custom Inc. your go-to business partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. All backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to custominc.com to get started today. That on this here. Hi there, this is Jim the Keys Bartender coming to you from Key Largo. This is a live show, St. Patrick's Day. And yeah, it is St. Patrick's Day. A lot of people didn't realize Jenna's over here. She, she, uh, a lot of people have been having rough days. Uh, but uh, if someone brought up that COVID 19, once you sing it to the song, it's appropriate for St. Patrick's Day. COVID 19. Oh, I think like, come on, Eileen. Think about it. You can't forget about it then. COVID-19. Oh, I can tell by your scream or no. How's that Come On Eileen song would be, Papa Joe? You know oh, how just come COVID on, Eileen. COVID-19. Oh, COVID-19. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, we realize it's not, it's not like the Irma show. Uh, that was several years ago, and that was unique to... South Florida, Central Florida. Uh, but this is worldwide. We, I realize that. We're just talking about our unique uh, experiences here in the Keys. We're being a, 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 an island chain connected to the mainland. Um, much like I think it was a couple weeks ago when people started suggesting that they should shut down the stretch. And they thought that was crazy. I thought that was a crazy idea originally. I did. I thought that was insane. What are you, insane? Shutting down the keys? You think it's insane that? now? No, I don't think it's insane now. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's weird how things change so quickly down here. And it's not because I dislike people or anything like that. It has nothing to do with that. It's, it's just it's moving. things are moving so quickly. In New York City today, they just had like a thousand new cases in a day. And... The um, mayor uh, and everyone is just, they're furious. They said, the people are just walking around doing whatever they want. They, they, they get, it's just exploding the um, the cases as they test. And, they, and they're not testing everyone, so they can only imagine what how it's growing. So they're ready to do a total self-quarantine of New York and saying, you got to stay in. You can only go out, you know, to the store, to the not in in, in Madrid, in Spain, I think in Spain and Italy, you can walk your dog. I think you're allowed to go out and walk your dog. And you can go shopping. You can go shopping. That's pretty much it. This is worldwide, and, but we are in the Keys, and we're we're not an indoor culture down here. It's worse as it gets. You know, it's like you've heard our cold. If you're regular listeners, you've heard, heard our cold weather um, episodes. And that's when it's 60 degrees down here, and we're still outside. Um, not as much, though. People stay inside then. But this time of year, they're outside. So we're not cloistered in small groups and things like that. But there are some places. Um, what happened recently, and this is key specific. I'm sure there's things 
in your state, so like I know in Michigan and Ohio, they closed all the restaurants and bars. But it's the way it started with us is uh, first the the kids started going on break, spring break, and it's before there were like a couple cases in Florida, and then they started extending the spring break another week. Right, because they wanted to close the schools. To close the schools, yeah, just keep those down, and then. Um, they started setting up testing facilities and 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 things like that, and it just started boom, started moving. Especially in Florida, it wasn't like Washington State, but then Florida started picking up, and then you see how other countries, Italy, started. You know, the cases explode there. I don't know if China is reporting it accurately where they are. Supposedly they have it under control, but then they have the resources to be able to require people, compel people. Because when someone in China, a Chinese official says, you got to stay inside, this is martial law, you, you know, we will be very strict with you. You know, in China, they're, they're not fucking kidding. No, but look, how, look how South Korea dealt with it. They're, they don't have martial law. They just have an infrastructure that's set up. For, for these types of disasters. And I know you've been in South Korea, too. You have a unique perspective. But my perspective with South Korea, they've also sat under the shadow of war for the last 70 years. Exactly. And, and they are very strict. And when the government tells them to do something, they do it. They do it. As a group. Yeah. They do it. It's their culture. Yeah. They do it as a group. The other one, yeah. Japan, same thing. But their infrastructure is set up differently. Yeah, Japan, Tokyo and all that. You figure Tokyo, it'd be all over the place in Tokyo. Uh, uh, 20 million people. Uh, it's crazy. Crazy. I mean, I'm the next ones, I think, is going to be Mexico City, obviously Cairo, uh, Alexandria, Mumbai. They just, they, they're smart enough to handle it, but they're just, they don't have the infrastructure to handle it and stuff like that. But yeah. The Japanese, the Koreans, Australia. Australia seems to have it's a big ass country though, with thirty million people in there. And um, but Canada, a big ass country. Well, most of the people live near to that border with the United States, right? They got proportionally the same amount of cases we do. You thought the Canadians would be able to handle a little better. Uh, but then again, I don't listen to a lot of Canadian news, so I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. But uh, this is a worldwide event. And in the Keys, the, uh, just today, uh, they shut down uh, the rest, uh, the bars, the bars and the clubs uh, in all Florida at uh, around noon today. In, all, uh, in the middle of spring break, they shut down all the bars and the clubs. And we're now in, in effect, uh, we're, even though in the Keys, they're saying that, Tourists are still welcome, but there's, I mean, we're, sh but there's no bars down the and ship. it's limited restaurants, limited, yeah. limited patronage in restaurants. Mm -hmm. They, they kind of put the screws on that a little bit. I don't know what they're attempting to do with these. It's kind of a, and I am a selfish bastard, but I'm, I understand for the greater good. <laughs> It's going to suck if my owner hears this and stuff like that. That's a half measure. Leaving it open. Eat, leaving bars and restaurants. I mean, leaving restaurants open. Yeah, look, look, given profit margins for food service, mm -hmm. they're not that great. They're not that high. So you, you, you affect any amount. That's critical for a bar, a restaurant, or any, anyone in the service industry. People, less people come I in. I think. I think pretty much you're going to have fast food. You're going to be relegating people to um, Wendy's, McDonald's. You're going to cause restaurants to go into this pizza shop, uh, pickup and delivery. I mean, that might be the only way they survive. You know, that's there's no way surviving on that, man. I'll tell you that. I, it it's that or what? Nothing. I know, I know, I know. But money wise, you're you're. You uh, yeah, like we had a whole show talking about the margins on a on a restaurant delivery of food just eats away, takes away that. Oh, absolutely. But especially once uh, you start doing it and then you get these people. Hey, I don't care if it's a fucking uh, 
pandemic. I don't like the way this sauce tastes. Take it back. That's once you do that, you're you lost money on once you had to return and remake an order, you lost money on the next six orders. Meaning not only uh, that profit, everything you you made is gone. And then it slows everything down and it eats away what that narrow profit you would have made on the next six ones. And if it slows it down even more, it's just like, it'll just, it's a recipe for disaster with the type of food that's delivered. Because as I said before, Chinese food, salads, pizza, sandwiches, great to deliver, great to deliver. Dinners, limited menu, sandwiches, sandwiches. Only salads. I mean, no, you, you got to do something. You call up a restaurant, man. You, you want what you like there. Yeah, oh, but you, you want tell to, I want to get a menu. I know, but I want I want what I want when I want it. Remember, I told you on Martini Monday. So we don't garnish. Come over. We don't. Oh, we don't can, put. Can we don't put the cream cracker crust on the rim and put whipped cream and all that because it's a five dollar martini. When you're making like a hundred hundred martinis in a in five ten minutes. You don't want to spend all the time garnishing the glass. It's not going to be a work of art. It's going to be a martini. So they get and then the people go, get. and someone says, and the people know. I've actually had someone say, I want what I want when I want it. And it, it was shameless. It's like, this is what I want. Like that. I'm a, What'd you I don't them? care. I'm a fucking asshole. Well, I told them no. And they, but they told them no, but they they made me get make it. Oh, Okay, weenie head. Well, that's your fault. Hmm? You should have just said, okay, but that's a $15 martini. No, no, right that, wasn't, that wasn't was me or my job. Yeah. No, I mean, I would, well, I know, but I got, I got to make money for my family if they were going to fire me over the martini because the owner wanted me to make it. Then did the owner tell you you got to? Yeah, make that's it? what. I, well, I mean, that's a little bit different. When no, the that's what tells I mean. You got to make I, it. Yeah, I had to make it. Oh, this is the only. Hey, that's the only. There's only one person that I listed to when no. I. But if some douche canoe comes in and says, "I want top shelf," and I want well, you so to, I, you I want, know what? I want if a someone cried, martini if someone, for five If they bucks. said it like that, I absolutely would not make it. If they said it like that, I absolutely wouldn't make it. But. If they cry, I'm giving it away. If they cry or get upset <laughs> and stuff like that, I'll make it. And yeah, that's my being a me. Well, I don't know if this me being a uh, it's me being weak, but uh, yeah. And then and then the, if it's my job and say no, I won't make it for them. Well, it is different if the boss lady says, no, they, hey, they, you got to do it. You got to do it. They wanted me. They she made it. She wanted me to make yeah, it. That's different. Then you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I didn't want to do it. I so didn't want to do it at the thing because I go. You know, because how can I refuse anybody else? And then why did I have to wait? Too bad I wasn't why there I that wait night. Twelve minutes for my martini. Because <laughs> hey, now I now I want I want a sugar rim on this. I want a sugar rim on this. I want fucking this. I want. Fucking You're this. lucky I wasn't there that night because I'd have, I'd have said, "Oh, if that's the case, what? I want top shelf. I want I want this. I want that for my five dollar martini." People came in. People did come in for that the um, five dollar martini night, and they asked for. Um, uh, Bombay Sapphire, and they go, you know, the, the glass is seven ounce glass, and you know that's, and in retail, a regular retail amount of liquor that goes into it is almost seven dollars. So, I mean, the five dollar martini might we're still making money on, it, but we're not making money like you do when. We, we on a regular night. We, the, alcohol is your is is the thing you really make your money on. That's why it costs so much. There's so much liability, the insurance and responsibility. You know, no one's going to go out and kill somebody because they had a chicken parm that wasn't made to their liking, <laughs> right? But if someone goes and gets an accident and stuff like that, then you got to pay for them. Not to mention that top shelf liquor costs more money, and the, a martini is a. a predominantly well, you still make a shitload of it you know stuff like that in, in new york and stuff like that when they charge what oh what's that martini what's a with cheap martini in new york? okay for, 20, now, forget 20, new york how about the satai hotel on miami beach how much hundred dollar martinis and of course you're in a five-star establishment mm-hmm. and you're buying a martini and they have those big big martini glasses but they're they're a hundred dollars you can get 
other martinis for $75, but you get the, it's about three regular martini glasses, but it ain't no damn $100. You're not getting $100 worth of booze. No, you're not. By no means. There there was a guy, the cook in Miami, he he does steaks that are coated in gold foil. (laughs) <laughs> and it's nineteen hundred bucks or something. It's some crazy amount of money. It could be more. It could be more than that. It could be three thousand bucks. But you know, it's funny. Here we are. Uh, we do the live show because we want to talk about um, the the coronavirus and and how how it affects us. And um, if if you really want to know that, you can see the news and you can see all the other places are going through. But you really don't experience it until you know somebody. That is in that other place. And I know my, my father up in Delaware and all that stuff, but my wife was talking to her sisters. One uh, well, one lives in Tavernier, not that far away, not going through the same thing we are. But the other two, one's in Madrid, Spain, and the other's in Poland. And they're doing the same shit, the same shit we are. The same exact stuff. It's If you see the world, I mean, imagine if we had a friend in, in uh, Taipei. And all this, the, the same shit we're going through, the same exact thing. It's just like after um, September 11th, people kind of commiserated with each other, with the people in New York and things like that. But this one, everyone's going through the same exact thing. They don't even have to think about commiserating because they are going through it. Right. They're going through the exact same thing. And that they're uh, in Madrid, Spain. They're uh, like they're, they're the the president of Spain is getting pissed off that people are just going out there and infections are going through the roof. Even though, I guess the way it did, you got you're talking about fifty million people, and you start out with a couple hundred infections, and all of a sudden it's up to fifteen thousand, right? And you go, holy shit! Now. This, we're going to get in a little further. We're going to ask the question. And this is why I wanted Jenna to chime in on this, too. Uh, a little later on, we want to talk about, are we overreacting? And it, why do you think we are or why do you think we should? Um, but these things that we're going through together should be help us work together later on and say, hey, listen, when things get bad, we really do have to work together. you got to work together on a on a, on a, um, a, a a vaccine. You know, when something comes up, they got the World Health Organization has to be invited in. Like when something happens with China to get on top of it right away. And then they got to send their representatives out and say, this is how it works. This is how we're going to do it. And be this is the one time when it comes to an infection that spreads that um, a united front, United Nations, that's the, what they do, right? Well, yes, it is what they do, and it's the WHO, the World Health Organization, yeah. that takes the, the role in, in epidemics mm-hmm. and pandemics, and the rest of the world was listening to the WHO. The WHO was putting out the alarm almost immediately once it started analyzing the information I out of China. I think they were invited late into China because the Chinese were suppressing Compared whatever to the guy. our CDC, they were on the front lines of putting out the I, warnings. I realize, but remember they... blame China for holding I'm not blaming China. I'm not blaming China. They had one physician who put out the warning that this was... He died. Yes. He ended up dying. That, that and that... that Delay costs some, and we obviously we did. I'm sure Italy is one of them. I'd hate to see. I mean, you don't know what's going on in Russia or uh, Iran or any of those other countries. Obviously, you know in Italy because you know it is. It's the, they locked that country down. The ma- the major population. Milan is is a ghost town. Venice is a ghost town. Florence, Rome, the population quote visiting centers. They're they're shut down, uh, and and it's mandatory. Yeah. So that that country, the what is it, the seventh largest economy, is locked down. Um, I read a thing out of out of Russia. Uh, Putin went ahead and put the kibosh on moving around 
at least in the article I read, Moscow. I don't know if that is nationwide. So that's going through Russia. Uh, most of Europe is affected in the same way. Countries are uh, uh, quarantining, if, if not the entire country like Italy, large mm-hmm. portions, population centers. But, you know, the, the World Health Organization was was putting out that warning way before the CDC was. Our CDC is now kind of caught up. Well, then, 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 okay, then it would have been incumbent upon nation states such as Italy, uh, Spain, uh, the United States, uh, uh, Korea did. But our reaction here now. The one, the next question is. Uh, the way we react in the United States or here, let's say what way we see it here. Um, um, the, the first reaction was it's an overreaction. People, uh, what's the big deal? There's um, people finally understanding numbers. No, you've talked about math before. Oh, the, the horrendous math that was going on when you hear this 2% mortality rate and <laughs> someone I, I, I don't, it's, I'm not laughing about the deaths. I'm laughing at people's ability to use math. 2%, that's two of 100. And they were doing, someone was saying, uh, 140 million people in the United States is, could be infected. And said 2%, and that could be, and person said, that could be 70 million dead. And I go, holy shit. Yeah, do what your the math. Fuck? What the fuck? But go back to that. Go back to the mortality rate. I mean, unless they were. Yeah, no, that was a newscaster on MSNBC that did that. He and and he he he, he just lost track of the numbers. Well, that wasn't even really accurate because by no means was it accurate because uh, the only way they come up with a mortality rate is after the fact when you know exactly how many people died in a cross sampling. Correct. of people are large enough to you be can able to do, do an extrapolated best guess yeah. mortality rate yeah. and 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 w- the mortality rate in the infected people that um in the retirement home in washington DC, uh, washington state was uh, 10% mhm 10% in that specific group but these uh a couple of the uh i don't uh, epidemiologists said oh i was able to i'm not going to repeat that word that it was the the angel of death for people with compromised immune systems, Generally, respiratory systems, the people over seventy. Right. It, it was the angel of death, and uh, and that kind of scared people and things like that. So the the reaction here, you start seeing that people say it, the first one is it doesn't look good. What's the no mortality flash- rate for the seasonal flu? Uh, flu? It's under way under one percent. Point one percent. Yeah. So, one out of a thousand. When the WHO says, and the epidemiologists say that currently, as best we can guess, now these are just, these are very, <clears throat> these aren't just wild yeah, ass yeah. guesses. These are really yeah. good estimates. So, in Italy, it was as high as nine point eight. It's regional. Yeah. Of course, in China it was three point four. Yep. Uh, Washington State, as a state, 2.2. Yep. Um, globally, they gave a range, 1% to about 3%. So the middle would be, let's say, 1% let's say, is 10 times worse than the yeah, seasonal and flu. And 2 is and, 20. And 3 is 30. Now, let's just assume as this grows, it becomes like the seasonal flu. You're going to have about 10 times as many people perish to 30 times. At the low end. Yeah. At the low end. Yeah, 10 times, 10 but to there, 30 But there's some interesting things about this particular coronavirus in the means by which it, it infects our system. Yeah. It does something that another coronavirus doesn't do, and that is it doesn't have to come out of the cell to go back in. It can go cell wall to cell wall, which means... The infection rates are faster. There are better shows to be able to describe this better than, than us. There are better shows. Than of that. course, there are. But this is now, stuff you can read online. This oh is no, stuff no, you, you can, can read get that from better the shows, CDC and I, from I know. World what, Health. If someone's listening to Key's Bartender show right now, 
I, I hope they're not getting their science from us. No, go no, your science, Joe. Your, your science is excellent. Your science is excellent. No, you but have I'm to talking, go I'm talking about feelings. Right now, we're just talking about feelings and reactions. Well, that plays oh, into my gonna, reaction. Okay. So you my asked reaction, a question my about My idea panic. is uh, when people say they're – what is – we always talk about motivations. When, when people talk about motivations and stuff like that – Whenever someone wants to do anything, there's the, the the basic motivation. There's no motivation where someone other than a pharmaceutical company that has the vaccine and they don't at this time. There's no motive. There's no monetary motivation. There's nothing to gain for uh, other than maybe some of these doom prepper organizations and stuff like that. I mean, and that's too big a thing to even contemplate. That's just silly. So what I'm suggesting is the reaction comes from uncertainty. And when the market fell and people went apeshit buying toilet paper, the toilet paper, because monkey see, monkey do, just go out. They're buying toilet paper. We got to buy toilet paper. They're buying pasta. We got to buy pasta. And we did mention that in the show, the last show. Um, we noticed both you and I separately noticed that when we went and looking at pasta, there's no pasta on the shelves, but there's a shitload of sauce, which has the same similar shelf life sitting right there, right across the aisle from it sauce. And then, um, you go for like the, all the macaroni's gone, you go in the cheese department and there's all this cheese and you think, well, cheese is, and then all these, um, the fucking meat, all the meat that people buy. It's like, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not in the United States. We're no danger really running out of food for people. We, we have a, uh, we had an epidemic of obesity going on here for years, <laughs> for years. Um, it's funny. No one's hoarding date goods. They're good. I mean, I'm. It's funny the, that goes in the thing. The baked goods are all just piling up. I mean, I I go the fruit, the fruit, the best thing to eat if you're trying to protect yourself. The fruit they had a. Oh, there's rather, plenty of that. There's plenty of fruit, and there's and and on the other side, what? There's plenty of sodas. No one's out there like buying soft drinks. Have you noticed that the soft drink aisle was completely full well, in both stores? Soda. No, yeah, club soda. Uh, I, I, uh, Water's we, gone. we always run out of the, uh, the, the, we like this natural brand of club soda that they make. And I know it's what a fucking weenie thing for me to say. I had a friend and this, but the overreaction, meaning that, that reaction there, baseless, you know, uh, uh, pasta and toilet paper, but then the reaction of the markets totally tanking to the, the only similar thing to what happened over the last week was 1929. They blew past 1987 of losses. And this is almost like the, this is a new fucking normal. It's a, amazing how quickly we transition from the handshake to the fist bump, elbow, and foot check. Think about it. How culturally does things change that quickly? I mean... Yeah, maybe in a season or something like that, you start seeing minute movements and stuff like that. But this social uh, distancing thing, it's amazing. Luckily, with these microphones right here, if we did a show last week, I have to think about what what I have to do maybe to disinfect them. Just in case, you know, because if you do have the coronavirus, you can, uh, for some reason, I understand you can have it recover and get reinfected again. I have no idea. No, I, I mean... I do know you can have it and not show any signs or yeah, symptoms. Yeah, yeah. You can have... Well, if you don't show any signs, you, you mean it goes away. You don't... You, let's say you have it. You're you still have contagious. Spread it, you could be contagious. And then it disappeared. And then you get reinfected because some things don't leave a resistance in you. Just like strep. Right. how many times have you had strep? Bunch. Yeah. And you never... It doesn't make you immune to it. Things like that. Just the way the body reacts to it. Yeah, but vi- viral does more. The virus, viruses change. They don't stay the same. Yeah. They mutate. Yeah. And, you know. The- but an epidemiologist explained it this way, Jenna. 
she on on uh, on the Bull Maher show. She said there's some things your body can get used to and it amps up for it. And um, you'll get the flu. You know, you'll get the flu a couple of times. Well, flu in, in flu, flu changes. They all change. Flu so changes. What you said about but the kind this, of cold doesn't necessarily. What you said about this doesn't shock me at all. Of, of course, why would I think that if I got through coronavirus that I was suddenly immune to it? Yeah, but it but that exact strain is not going to stay well, no, the, they exact the exact strain. strain. You will you can be reinfected by. It. Well, you should be on the microphone if you want to mention that. Come on over here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can get it again, is what you're saying. Yeah, you can get it again. I don't. And it's just it. like that, and um, it's it's different. It's different, and we have to uh, react to it differently. I mean, the the to to the today uh, at Family Dollar, I told you about the guy showing up buying three pallets worth of uh, toilet paper. Yeah, that was genius. Just hoarding. Uh, people taking their kids. As of a week ago, they going. Uh, it's Tuesday. On uh, Friday, people uh, are taking their kids on ski trips out west. And they closed the ski slopes in, in Colorado and Utah. They ha- did they not think this was going to happen that way? So we have uh, friends who took their and uh, their daughter and their daughter's friends, who happens to be friends of my daughter, to, on the ski trip, and they ended up going to Colorado, and then they went to Utah, and then they really, and they ended up going to Arizona. Well, listen, I travel, like for, crazy. I travel for a living. I fly to different yeah. cities in the United States, and we've already made contingency plans that in the middle of a trip, if yeah. there's domestic flight shutdowns, that we're going to have to rent a car and drive from city to city and yeah. back home. Yeah. So the, you have to make, you know, my job requires me to travel. So you got to make contingency plans. Well, that's you. I'm talking about if you're taking someone's family on vacation, family on vacation and stuff like that. If that might, yeah, yeah now, I'm not saying now that. might not be the time kid, to do I'm that. I'm going to send my kid with somebody to go uh, where it's uncertain what's going to happen and uncertain of how people are going to react and uncertain how they're going to decide how they're going to handle um, air transport, like how air travel. Whether they're going to, you know, they say, well, okay, we're going to shut that down. You're going to have to come by vehicle. I mean, it's like, fuck, no, you're staying home. They're going to wait. You're going to, is that, are you that, I mean, I understand adventure. Is it adventurous or careless with young children? You decide that you're going to go to an amusement park or a carnival. And if you know enough that, oh, yeah, well, this is really contagious. And it really doesn't affect the kids as much. But, you know, every so often, you, you know, you hear about someone getting it. Why would you want to expose them to it? Yeah. Though? Why would you risk it? I think today we would say it was careless. Yeah. I mean, why, why would A you A week risk ago, it? we may have said, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, yesterday, we we're uh, or two days ago, I'm doing my spin class on a Sunday and things are moving quickly moving 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 and uh, people go well there's it's 18 people on a Sunday class at 9 a.m. I'm going what the hell's going on here and people are going well we don't know what's going to happen so we will go to spin class and I say you know this is the place they're going to close down they're going to close the gym down and you rush to the gym to do it but I don't mind I mean I figure I'm in a restaurant business right well, you're, you're not in the restaurant business and you rush to get with a bunch of people go sweating in a, in a small enclosed room, okay? And uh, so I said, well, if you really want to go tomorrow, we had a class. And you know what? No one showed. We got like 13 people show up for the Monday class. And that's yesterday. We don't know anything about it. I talked to one of my fellow instructors. I said, I bet by noon this is closed down. They did, didn't they? Not by noon. They closed it down at 2, 2 p.m. <laughs> well, you were close. I know. I think I. that's when I got called. I wonder when they made the decision. It's a dollar bet, but, you know, that's... Well, then the, the governor of Florida did the, that yesterday, or was today. it today? It was today. Well, they started, and Miami did 
the restrictions on restaurants, 50% of capacity. And today, right before noon, DeSantis, I mean, I think a couple of the places, uh, 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 yesterday, Monroe County and Key West imposed emergency, state of emergency. Florida had that already. But it makes, once you declare a state of emergency, allows you to do things to order the shutting down. I mean, it's, it's like putting the cart before the horse. I have to declare a state of emergency so they have the ability to t- compel people to shut down. Because without the state of emergency, you have to show cause, like a pel- a public health risk, a specific cause. We have to shut we have to shut down that restaurant because they're not up to code. But under a state of emergency, you can make a blanket statement call close all bars, all clubs, which is except restaurants, <clears throat> except restaurants. In which I I spoke to the owner of the place I work in, the Catch Restaurant in Key Largo, one hundred two, and will be open and uh, be practicing the uh, uh, you know good hygiene habits of, of putting people in the proper uh, spacing spacing I guess yeah. it's six feet uh, away so we have that but that happened with 48 hours and the the, the gym and all that and the, the schools as of uh, last week they said it was uh, Saturday. Was it Saturday? Extra week. They found it just a day after they closed for spring break, my daughter's school. They said it's going to be the extra week. And now they're saying, people are just speculating. to go, well, it's pretty much, this is, they're not going to reopen. They're going to try to do an online thing. And I started talking to my daughter about that. And she's in the, you know, the super eye roll mode. Right? Yeah, you can't talk to her about it. And she goes, "Well, no, the spring break was extended." I said, "It wasn't extended. The school is not opening." You're, and she goes, "My mom said." I said, "Your mom, English is her second language. Do not get the news from your mom. <laughs> you, you follow your mom's rules, but I'll inter- I'll interpret your mom. But uh, you you have to listen." You, you have to listen to the spirit of it. And I, I sat her down today, and she didn't like this. I said, Monday, is school's starting again. She goes, oh, they're not set up for it. And I go, it doesn't matter if they're not set up for it. We're going to start doing it. We're going to do. We're going to have a lesson plan. We're going to start. Whether it they get, if it takes a week from the do it, we'll have a week's worth of stuff to do. I don't care if it's not the right stuff. Just get in the, get in the mood. You're going to do you know, four, three to four hours of schoolwork a day. I think that's pretty much accurate when you're in the in in classroom, considering all the other stuff and the breaks. Yeah, probably. That. That's more than enough. Three, three to four hours. And she goes, I just don't want to learn it from you. And I go, <laughs> I used to, which is good. I'm going to teach everyone to have it. Anytime you hear something bad that kid, you know, the kid does, you know, they, they're racist or something mm-hmm. like that. They said, where'd you learn that? And they said, I learned it from you, daddy. Yeah. Well, no, oops. I'm not a racist, though. But as of the moment, one of the big mistakes I think they may have made is that they're still pushing that half measures about leaving the keys open. Right? If what's your it, the purpose is that now if they find out later that sunlight is the best disinfectant and that people are outside you got the kids out here on the boat well yeah but jim jim if if they put the order out to close the keys if you thought the panic is high now wait till after that order comes out the anxiety is going to go through the roof if it's not through the roof already it goes much higher so let me give you an example the people that live here or the people that want to be everyone everyone so the Fed reduced the interest rates to zero. To zero. What was the market's reaction to what should have been good news? Dropped 23, 2400 points. One of the largest losses ever. Since 1929. So you would think it's counterintuitive, right? I mean, you drop the interest rates, the market. It's because people are foreshadowing that 
things are worse than they are that they had to drop the interest. I think the uncertainty. I I I think we're moving to a part, a a place in time, where um, just like after nine eleven, that happened really fast. How people handled things. Remember with the anthrax thing and all that, and people started thinking about they they their heads may shift slowly, but when they move we move as a people it moves as one i think that eventually people uh with this you know shitting themselves about the market you may have a tax if you pull out a market some of these people with 401ks there's a you know 15 to 20 something percent penalty be and to take that loss and that penalty at the same time is and it's huge that's huge and i i think i think we've reached a point where people are expecting change hardship just like world war ii i think what they're world war ii uh, world war ii is martial law i I think if you ask people do you think martial law is far around the corner they'll probably say probably not but, but take it to lead up to World War II. Like, I'm going to equate this to World War II. Germany starts acting up, doing all this stuff over there. And thinking, wow, they're making a lot of land grabs and stuff like that. Boom, boom, boom. Czechoslovakia uh, uh, moving in back into the Sudetenland. Well, that was Sudetenland in Czechoslovakia. In the, in, Poland. Uh, no, Sudetenland was in Czech, the, the Czech Republic. Poland was the, the, the um, uh, Russian-German uh, Thing. That was the that was precursor. The past, that yeah. was the war. That was the war. That we call that the um, the phony war. When when the French, you know, they were they were uh, just waiting. But uh, it was one month where Germany is so unprovoked. But before that, Germany's making all these movements, and then people are thinking, "Oh, it's getting bad." It's getting... America's not even involved in that they're talking about we're not going to get involved in it again uh, a couple of years before the british the, the oxford union i think it said we will not give our lives for king king and country again because of the the loss of life in world war one so then more happens and people start their heads start rolling they start thinking about it. oh it's getting worse and worse and then, then he does all these things the british prime minister tries to placate him, placate him, and he does this shit, and then he invades Poland. Fuck it. It's over. The, You know, it's over. They, the French know and the British know they're in it, and Americans still aren't in it. They're still, they think it's stay out of it. And then we stayed out of it for almost two years or a year and a half. And, and the Japanese are doing their things in the Pacific, and uh, and uh, and, the, and the British are holding off the, the French they they lost and the british are holding off the uh, the germans uh they uh, when the germans couldn't get in there then they uh, get into britain they decided to attack the soviet union and and then the u.s thinking boy they, they're just thinking that maybe we can stay out of maybe staying and they're still getting pressure from the japanese and then finally it was over that was enough and you say well we're not we weren't ready to do it we weren't ready to do anything we were still coming out of the depression. Uh, private companies did not want to manufacture. They were just coming out of it. They wanted to keep on making commercial goods because they were just coming out of the depression. They said, "We we don't want to make tanks. We want to. We're going to make vehicles and stuff like that. We we can't because we're not. That's not part of our long term plan." And then they forced them to do it. The government does. Yes, martial law does work. Some implemented the right way when they twisted arms. And they made all these planes and tanks and ships and all this stuff. The U.S. got into that movement of making weapons, going to war, moving forward, and then onward to victory. But for a couple months there, it looked like they weren't going to win. So what you're saying is we're in that, we're in that couple of month phase? We're moving, to, we're, moving for, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. They're going to say what works, what doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, they're going to have to keep on... We're going to have to make a strong enough commitment. One case in, case in point. One case in point. A very, let's say, a, a, an administration that 
only gave big giveaways recently to the wealthiest people is proposing a $1 trillion um, recovery plan. by, And one of them is to put $1,000 checks into people's hands immediately and trying to get it through Congress and stuff like that. Whether it's a good plan or not, I don't know. You know, some people think, oh, thousands. Yes, I'm in for it. Like, hey, shit, if this goes on for three, four months, that thousand bucks isn't going to do shit for anybody. It'll maybe boost the economy shortly and stuff like that. But if we, if these companies aren't thriving, these small companies fail, the thousand bucks won't be just a drop. Now, in what the about bucket. your mortgage rate and your insurance? Uh, they're, they're, well, there's, there's still got to make your mortgage and you still They're talking about insurance. doing some kind of uh, 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 pause there or something like that. They're, they're suggestions. There's suggestions for that and student loan suggestions. But you've seen how move fast they move with other things. And they did this, remember, back in uh, 2009 the, when the banks were failing and the auto industry, remember the game? They had to prop them all up. Yeah, absolutely. They moved in quick because they saw we didn't understand Everyone doesn't understand necessarily what would have happened if all the banks failed, the biggest banks failed, and they stopped allowing businesses to lend to each other and borrow from the banks and and make their get their operating capital, have access to operating capital. We didn't fully understand that, but some people fully understood that, and they sounded the alarm, much like the people at the WHO, saying. Yes, there may only be how many people dead right now? What's ten thousand? It's around ten thousand. Ten thousand. There may be only ten thousand. Maybe yeah, and the flu kills uh, six hundred thousand a year. But listen, this could kill six to twenty million, six to thirty million people. That's what's scaring people. That's my having them uh, act and in italy right now they have to decide whether they um they have a certain amount of ventilators and stuff like that for people and they have to decide whether to let older people whether they're going to die or not did you hear about that let's yes. say they're going to say hey listen they're not you're going to they're going to give them a, a triage you know like they did in a, in their war they go and this person has a 5% likelihood of being saved. This person has a 60% likelihood of being saved. They're going to take that person, 60% person first. That 5% person will leave off to the side. Because you could save six of these guys and spend all your time with the one person that may not even survive. So that's what they do. That's how we make the decisions right now. Uh, it's a hard one. And, and people are really kind of, to make light of the decision of this uh, illness, but I bet their attitude changes if someone close to them gets sick and it really changes when they die. Because there's small diseases that kill loved ones and it takes a forefront in your life. You know what I mean? When someone dies of something like uh, Lou Gehrig disease, you know, someone dies of Lou Gehrig disease, you that's and your your grandparent. You're not thinking of Hodgkins or anything like that. You're thinking Luke Gehrig's disease. They took my grandfather away. That's where you focus on. Yeah, this will be this thing. But uh, do you have anything to add to that? I'm sorry. No, it's just you, we started talking about the panic and you know whether things were certain warranted at this point in time. I, I think the outlooks are severe enough. I would just encourage everyone, instead of, you know, listening to the hype and stuff that's tend, it tends to be a little more emotionally expressed in the news media, go to your source material at the WHO and mm-hmm. at the CDC, listen to the experts and how they portray the, the, the statistical information for consumption. Be calm. What's going to happen is going to happen, and you're just going to have to adjust to the new normal as these things change. The hope is that, you know, the vaccine comes out. It's been fast-tracked. They just started today with a test vaccine. They were talking to some uh, woman on CNN 
who's one of the um, right. So um, they started a test vaccine, a trial vaccine. Test subjects. So the testing's already begun. It's all been fast tracked. That's all good news. And I feel sorry for anti-vaxxers. Uh, hopefully, there's there's none left by the time this is done. But with a vaccine, hopefully that vaccine can be put out as quickly as possible. And and the worst doesn't happen. But the potentiality for this being bad yeah. still exists. And it's something that we have to think about um, as we approach tomorrow. Yep. Oh, but the, um, it's funny. Uh, you, on a lighter note, uh, Jenna's uh, neighbors came in. There's uh, a the, bunch of uh, the party guys that look like they're in college and uh, girls that look like they're in middle school. Uh, they're <laughs> They're drinking. They're drinking. They're drinking, uh, having a good time here. You're sitting in a patrol car right now. Yeah, they, well, you know what? Yep, got a bunch of 15, 16, 17-year-olds on a boat. But, you know, well, we're not going to do anything about that. But we're going to post a picture of it. We'll post a picture. I'll put it on this thing. Even though it's a little, it has very little to do with uh, COVID-19 and effects on It has everything to do. Look at them. They're all standing very close to each other. <laughs> yeah. They're not. Yeah, they, they are not yeah. practicing social. I think, two I think them, tonight, two of them are actually having intercourse. I don't oh. think anybody. I don't even think they're going to be practicing any safe sex. <laughs> no, either. there's no probably <laughs> there's no not. protected sex. There's not going to be anything like that. And uh, I think if I was the owner of that house, I would definitely want the sheets to be washed tomorrow. I hope he has a big insurance policy. Yep. There's like 25 kids over there. It looks like. What a disaster. Yep. Okay, well, it's Jim. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone uh, for listening. It's literally tens and tens of people. Uh, thank you, Papa Joe. You're welcome. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Damon. We'll be back uh, next week. Signing off. Signing off.